With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It was an assembly of some of the most iconic people in music in the 1980s. This song raised a bunch of money, was listened to by billions of people all at once when they played it on the radio for everybody at the same time. We are Dim Vinyl Boys, and we brought in a piece of vinyl from the mid-80s, an album that was released in 1985. They raised money for famine relief in Ethiopia. It was We Are The World. And I did this because there's a Netflix documentary that just came out, yep. and it's called The Greatest Night in Pop is the name of it. I suggest you watch it. It's fun. But everyone in the room, I'm sure, remembers We Are The World, right? <coughs> yes. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What do you what do you remember about it, DJ Tomcat? Well, I remember my mom at the time had a boyfriend that had this cool contraption that you could go like lay in. It was uh, like take up an entire room, and it basically had a big ass stereo system, and you could play a song, and you could like lay in this thing, and it had like uh, I don't know what it. Like it, it looks like a tanning bed kind of thing. Kind of a tanning bed thing, but without, you know, but without the it was like a relaxation thing. But anyways, this is the song I wanted him to play. I remember that very clearly. I was like, oh, yeah, we are the world. And I sat there just like listening to it in this whatever the hell it was, torture device that he probably had his way with my mom after. On that bed. That's terrible. Damn it. What is all this white sticky what? stuff on here? What no, I put my dude, hand in? Come that on, guys. That escalated not quickly. Not this song. <laughs> oh, no. The children. Not the, the what about you, Ramo? You remember this one? I do. I do. I, I think um, what I remember most about it is that it really was an issue happening, what was going on, you know, in Ethiopia and stuff. and there were other people doing charity things like Sally Struthers. I remember she had this thing going on. Oh, yeah. And um, it was just good. It was good that somebody was somebody that could do something was doing something. And we needed that then. What about you, Memphis? When this song dropped, I know that it was a big deal for at least a few months. Everybody was like, wow, it's really cool. You remember it, right? Yeah, absolutely. I remember they played it on like every radio station at the same time. Like you were saying, I'm like, this was, this was neat. I mean, they they told everybody what was going on. So when it came, when it dropped, and it it was a big deal for you know us radio nerds. So that was that was really awesome. And all those artists mm-hmm. on at the same time, yeah, was pretty dope. And the the reasoning behind it was really dope. So yeah, hell yeah. And being able to get all these big stars with big egos all in one room to get along in a studio to record a song. I've recorded music and sometimes it's not the easiest when you just have one guy with a big head in the in the room. Sure. Tomcat. Gentry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, why don't we get into it here. Uh, 1985, I didn't realize this, that they did an entire album. I, I thought it was just this one single. Me too. Me I thought too. it was just a single, yeah. 
But I found when I saw the documentary, I was like, you know what? Let me see if that vinyl is out there. I found out it wasn't too expensive on eBay. I think I dropped like 30 bucks for an original. This is from 1985. Uh, not bad. Not bad. It, All right. As I drop the needle, check your egos at the door. Right. <laughs> That's what Quincy Jones put up on yeah. the wall in the studio. At A&M Studios in Hollywood is where they recorded this song. He's one of the few people that could get away with putting up that up. Yeah, telling everybody to check mm-hmm. egos like it's Quincy Jones. I guess I better do what he says. Shut the hell up and yeah. do it. Yep. yep. Now it starts off like a newscast. Well, Good is. morning in America. We have breaking news. <laughs> it's like in the morning announcements in high school. There comes a time. That's Lion, well, Lionel Lionel. Richie. When we heed a certain call. Lionel is the guy that the wrote the song with Michael Jackson. Together as one. After we hear the song, we have a lot of sound bites yeah, from the recording session that we will play for you. Oh, when it's time to that sounds like Stevie there. I hear they were they were both mid-transition then. Oh, there's that Kenny Rogers with that solid beard. One of the best beards in the business. Kenny, yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you got mo- you got so many different genres on one song. And Quincy Jones, the genius, the genius that he is, is putting people in. You're gonna like Diana Ross. You and Cindy Lauper gonna stand right next to each other, and you guys are gonna sing and harmonize. Like that's some genius shit. Oh, Michael. True. No. There's Michael's little, little baby voice. Man, that hook, killing it. I love Michael Jackson's yeah, voice. I don't yeah, give a damn. Yeah, toy soldier jacket. Yeah, he looked like a toy soldier all night long, but I, I love his, his he's, he's so pitch perfect, man. Who's this? Diana Ross. Yes. They had the Pointer Sisters there as well. Yeah. Bruce Springsteen. Sheila E. Wait, what? Sheila E. What? Yeah. That's a, that's a story for later. Now, Sheila E. was invited, but it, she ended up leaving early because she soon realized they only invited her because she was hooking up with Prince. And they thought maybe that she might be able to talk Prince into coming. But Prince didn't want to come because Prince wanted a guitar solo and he didn't want nobody in the room when he did his guitar solo. And they weren't having it. Nope. Sorry, Prince. They were like, you know what, Prince? Just Check your ego at the door, Prince. There's and he was Bruce. like, well, I'm not going to. That's it. Bruce. I agree with that. That was Bruce Wayne. We are the ones. Very raspy. Just sound like yeah. that. hemorrhoids. <laughs> no, that's uh, Bob Dylan. Nah, this, He's coming this, up this soon. This is Stevie right here. Oh no, that's no, no, sound that's like not Stevie. Stevie. No, that's not Stevie. I don't know who that is. That was probably Hollow Notes. I mean, I think it's pretty safe to say this lyrically wasn't There's the Mike. most prolific song ever yeah, made. So uh, a lot of the same <laughs> lyrics. Huey Lewis. That's Huey Lewis yes. right there. No news, just who Huey Lewis. I thought she killed it. Then this Cindy, Cindy Lava. Oh, so this is the point where Michael Jackson was looking up to him like, what the hell are y'all doing? Like, yeah, but they ended up nailing it, though. <laughs> yeah, you got Michael Jackson staring at you like, you better get this fucking right. <laughs> you, yeah, you're going to do it. All together now. We are the ones. Even Sheila E. Uh, she left. She left. She oh, was, she was hot. Where's Waylon Jennings? He's gone. She bring her tambales with her. <laughs> so you you know you had to sit back there and think, right? You think about this, right? We was talking about this yesterday. So as soon as everybody got gathered, who was the first person? Like, all right, who got who got the cocaine? 
Because, you know, they did a lot of Dan cocaine Aykroyd. in that room. was in that room. Somebody was getting drunk. Somebody had sex. Everything that can happen. You get all them people in that room. There was only the there was happened. only one movie star, and like Tomcat said, that's Dan Aykroyd. Well, he definitely had the, the, the toot. And I'm thinking that they had him come in for the blow, for yep. sure. Starting from Hollywood. I like it. There's Bob Dylan, yeah. Why don't we have a guy? We are the children. <laughs> I keep thinking of like the pair, the radio parodies that the radio, um, the Breakfast Crew did back when we was kids. They did a, a parody. We are the we are where we the chitlins. It was the what? funniest shit ever. Uh, this is back in St. Louis, man. It was great. Tony Scott and the Breakfast Crew. So, are you guys aware of what actually inspired this particular song? Uh, well, I thought it was. From your journey here to this country, Ramo? Uh, basically. That's what I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I uh, got a hold of Mike as soon as I got here. And uh, we had and a nice They, they found out about it. And him and Lionel Richie were, you right. know, in between. You know. Of course. And this now, Charles right here. Well, actually, a year prior, there was a UK band called, believe it or not, Band Aid. And uh, oh, yeah, they had made a, a song, a charity song, called uh, Do They Know It's Christmas? You're, all, you're almost right. Is that and the one hit, with Bono? It, well, hold on, hold on. Let me finish it. Did I finish? And it inspired uh, Harry Belafonte to get the people in America together to do their own So it was song. Harry Belafonte's idea the whole time. That's cool. Damn, they put him in the back, too, when they were recording this. He was way in the back. Well, he was already yeah, an like, older gentleman. Yeah. Hey, what like, were you going to say, Gentry, about how he was part right? Yeah, I, I guess you could call uh, the band was uh, they had Bono from U2. Aha, that's the and, European. And they had right. Phil Collins, so it was like a super group. Oh, okay. Okay, so See, here, I wasn't aware. So of that. this is what I heard this morning. My lady was talking about this, and I couldn't find it because I thought they made their own "We Are the World." I didn't realize it was that other. It was song. a Christmas song. It right. was called "Do They Know It's, it's Christmas." Christmas. Yeah. So, in be- so between those two super groups, whose is better, the American one or the European one? Do you think the American one, no doubt? Oh yeah, baby. I mean, it's definitely I mean, heavier it- loaded, but. I mean, Phil Collins and... I here's mean, here's, here's who... No, they got a good one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They had Phil Collins, Bono. They yes. had a guy from Cool in the Gang, uh, yeah, okay. Robert Cool Bell. I like it. Uh, they had Sarah from Bananarama, if you remember that band. Yes. Mm-hmm. That, that's mine. No, I'm just kidding. Cool. They had George Michael cool was a big name. George oh. Michael. Okay, there we go. That's, a, that's probably their best... They also, they also had the guys from Duran Duran. They were all there. Okay. All the guys from Duran Duran. See, now that thing was there from police. Yeah, that's good, but but man, watch. Looking at the room no, from where the world oh, well, is. Well, I mean, it's that's unparalleled. Heavy sure, way. sure. The only I thing that, right. The only thing I think, if Prince had dropped in, it would have been good too. I mean, it was already everyone you could ever imagine. The only one I think that was missing from the tippity top of the of the stratosphere back then was probably Prince. Boy, Agreed. Boy George was also a part of the Band Aid. Band-Aid, huh? Definitely. Boy George, yeah. I'm all about some Boy George. I think yeah, so his, it his is, music's great. It is a pretty impressive lineup. Culture Club. Or her. It, him, this right? is called If Only For One Moment, Girl, Steve Perry. Steve Perry, of course, the lead yes. singer of Journey. Oh. Yeah, Journey, yeah. Yeah, that, you'll, you'll hear the voice when he starts rolling. Oh, I like that little sax. Hell yeah. In. Now, these songs were all given to the label so that they could raise money for this USA for Africa, the United Support of artists for Africa 
And so all these artists just donated these songs and said, here you go, Columbia Records, put it out, and whatever money you make goes to those starving and the need that's going on in Ethiopia. So this is a throwaway song from Steve Perry. Uh-huh. This episode of Dim Vinyl Boys is being brought to you by Factor. They're delicious, they're ready-to-eat meals, and they make eating so easy, so convenient, and it takes care of my children, gets them off my back when they come in. Dad, we're hungry. I just say, go grab a Factor meal out of the refrigerator, pop it in the microwave. Two minutes later, voila, dinner is served. Also, no dishes no trip to the grocery store, factor meals delivered right to your doorstep and then ready in two minutes. No prep, no mess, factor meals 100% ready to heat and eat. So no cooking, no cleaning up. I highly recommend them and they're high quality. Game changer. Head to factormeals.com slash DVB50. Use our code DVB50. Get that 50% off. That's code DVB50 at factormeals.com slash DVB50. Get your 50% off today. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You got a So I have some clips here about how We Are The World came together. Um, like Ramo said, they got the idea from this Band-Aid thing that they did in the UK. Mm-hmm. And a couple of executives got together and decided to uh, tell Lionel Richie that they wanted him and Stevie Wonder to write it. But Lionel says he called Stevie and Stevie wasn't calling him back. Right. Maybe he couldn't see the phone. I don't yeah, know. He, you're didn't, a he didn't see the call. <laughs> but for three weeks... Agreed. For three weeks, he didn't call. He didn't call him back. So Lionel had to tell the executives and Harry Barry Belafonte. How do you say his name? Harry Belafonte. Harry Belafonte. Harry Barry Belafonte yeah. sounds cool too. It was, it was his idea that he stole from the Band Aid. His son was an actor too, by the way. And then Lionel Richie. Uh, right now, I have a clip of him talking about uh, getting the call to uh, step up. And help write the song and try to get a hold of uh, Stevie Wonder. Let's uh, hear what he has to say. If I can get my sound recorder lined Stevie's up. lost. We can't. Reagan said, "I just got off the phone with Harry Belafonte, and uh, basically what he said was, I need you." Harry said, "We have white folks saving black folks, but we don't have black folks saving black folks. It's a problem. We need to save our own people from hunger." He was trying to get us, the younger group involved in what was happening in Africa. Get the young boys together. Ken Cragen, this is a guy that was a big deal. Back in the day, he did the Smothers Brothers Comedy Hour. He produced that. Smothers Brothers, I remember that. He also managed Kenny Rogers. He was a graduate from Harvard Business School. That explains Kenny. Yep. He, <laughs> yep. he also managed Lionel Richie. He was Lionel Richie's manager. So that's the guy they initially called was Ken Kragen, who smart guy from Harvard, produced big shows, managed big artists. They told him to put it together. 
He calls Lionel and says, you and Stevie, write it. And then Stevie doesn't call him back. So now I have some clips here where Lionel decides I'm going to work with Michael Jackson. And I think some of this is really interesting stuff because uh, Lionel talks about how they wrote the song. And I'm trying to find uh, the, the clip here. Here it is. This is him talking about going to uh, Lionel talking about going to Michael Jackson's house to uh, write the song. This is my first time in the Jackson household. I realized we'd never written anything together and we've never spent time together. However you want to do it, it's okay. There's a choice. I realized he can't play, so he hums every part. Tapes and tapes of excuse me. I mean it's just layered and layered of him humming. It was pretty amazing. So That's awesome. So Michael doesn't play instruments. So a lot of songwriters will get in front of the piano or get in front of on the guitar and write a song. Michael, I guess, as Lionel describes, Michael just has tapes and tapes of him humming and making those noises that Michael makes and then writes the words to his humming. That's sure. how he writes the music. Sure. He like beatboxes and hums it. Yeah. That's how... Some people we know write music. A lot of people do it that way. He was yeah. doing it in front of Oprah. He was doing an interview with Oprah, and he was doing it. It's, I think it's smart. You can make a whole song kind of out of it, and then right. the person can kind of follow you along with their bass and the right. beat right. and the tempo, right. and then just go ahead and write the song. Bing. All these clips we're playing are from the Netflix special. If uh, you're a fan of pop music and the history of music in a big event that changed the world and sold millions of copies and raised millions of dollars check it out but here's a clip from lionel talking about i thought this was interesting how they came up with the template for how they were going to compose the song we had to identify right away what kind of song do we want oh don't you need me when you're nine. do you want one of those or do you want an anthem da, 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 da. no that's not what we're looking for there it is. There's your template. And once you have that, now what are we going to put on top of it? I thought that was interesting how he came up with kind of the tempo and the template for the song. That's very cool. So he's taking it from something that was already a successful song yeah. and what they wanted to do and then just kind of took the template, the tempo from it yeah. and then played something else over it. Exactly. We've done that in the studio yep. many a time. It's called biting. No, I'm kidding. It's <laughs> called what? In the biting. style of... <laughs> I thought you said Biden. Biden. Oh, Biden. Like Biden. Remember? What Come song on, dude, is this right here? You gotta say yo in front of it for it to be biting. You bite your Yo, biting! <laughs> this is the Pointer Sisters just a little closer. Yeah, all these songs sound like throwaway song. This is like our first B-side record. Album? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Yeah, sort of. Now, who is this? The Pointer, Pointer Sisters. Sisters. That's what it sounded like. That was called Sarah. Just a Little Closer. This song was actually written by Bruce Springsteen. Really? Mm. Nice. Are you cool. sure? Yeah. Oh, that's the fi that's fire by the Pointer Sisters. This thing fucked me. Song facts. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say I don't know if that's true. It's not. Oh my god. It's not. But you were ha 
half Mr. right because he did write a song for the Pointer <laughs> Sisters. Just not just this stuck song. With that. Well, <laughs> it's right here underneath it. The first thing that I had, which was the song meanings of the song, but it didn't really have much information for me. That's great. So the one underneath it was that, but I didn't uh, notice that it was a different song. You took with me, Tomcat. Next is Bruce Springsteen. And interesting. Interesting fact about mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen is you know the song Blinded by the Light. The uh, Manfred Band? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Bruce Springsteen wrote that song. Really? Nice. Yeah. I love that song. So this is Bruce. He, he's one of my favorites. I like Bruce. He seems like a good dude. Be, good, yeah. be fun to hang out with. Trapped. He writes great songs. They call him the boss. They do. That E Street band, they're really good too. Mavericks, Mavericks fight. They are pretty. They are pretty solid. Glory days, dancing in the dark. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Born in the USA. Yep. The story behind Bruce's involvement with We Are the World was he was not going to the AMAs. You, uh, born in the USA, was at the top of the charts that year, and he was on his Born in the USA tour, and he was kind of tired. It was the they he played his last show of the tour. And then he had to be in Hollywood the next day to be a part of this. And they talked him into it. Actually, I, I think I have a clip about that. Let me see if I can go through my little sound here. So this song is Trapped. And uh, Bruce Springsteen actually was doing a cover of this song. It's a 1972 song written and recorded by reggae artist Jimmy Cliff. It was Bruce oh, nice. himself who helped popularize the song. Uh, in the 1980s. Here's the clip on how they got Springsteen involved in We Are the World. In 1985, I was top of the world. <laughs> you know, we were very popular and we had a great tour. We called Springsteen's manager, John Landau, and he said to me, Look, he said he's finishing the tour the night before. He never, ever flies the day after a concert. He said, let me talk to him, and we'll see. Famine relief was important. I knew it hadn't been addressed, you know, and you're always sitting there with, like, the old, what can I do about it, you know? It was a little soon. I normally wouldn't have done it, but it looked important. (laughs) It's cool that Bruce pulled up. I think they need to do this again. I see that we're sending a bunch of money to the Ukraine and we're sending a bunch of money over to Israel. Maybe we could uh, get some money together to feed the hungry here in our own country or wherever people are hungry, anywhere around the world, do something good and get the stars of today together. Well, the stars of today are terrible and you want to raise (laughs) money. <laughs> you want to raise money. So That's actually very funny. You you you, might you don't want to lose money. You want to raise it. You, you want to uh, sure. go get go get this go get this, the the stars that we know that can do it. And that's not this no this this generation ain't no this is not. Do that. They'll try to get all the radio stations to play it at the same time. They'll all be like, no, well, ima- we're it. not gonna play it. Imagine they get Taylor Swift, oh, God. R- Rihanna, Dua Lipa shows up, uh, sure. Bruno Mars. Shakira, all of a sudden the weekend gets there. Oh wait, they did Beyonce. do another We Are the World. They actually did do a remake of, it and it was terrible. In 2010, Scott, they did some kind of like, be like remake. It's lit. We are the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nope. 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 Would Don't you, hear I think we'll pass. Would you invite Adele? It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? 
a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Now we're all, now we're all women, no men. You need well, some dudes. You need some dudes? You need like Chris Brown up in there and That's Justin a good Timberlake. One. That's a good one. Justin you know, Timberlake uh, would be good. Oh. And uh, Chris Brown is there, then Rihanna can't be there. So we got what about Luke? Yeah. What about Luke Combs? I'm pretty sure there's like yeah. a police yeah, order or something. I like Luke Combs. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> and even and Tracy Chapman's amazing. She could be there. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, we're talking about fast car. We're talking about pop stars of today, you know. But, Trying to think who else? Yeah, she's Kane Brown. She's relevant. relevant today. Yeah. yeah, Kane Brown. Put him in there. Carrie Underwood. SZA. Now we could have put old uh, what's his name Maybe. from. Uh, I mean, for what though? Usher. You could bring Usher. Yeah, Hootie and the Blowfish, but he Darius just got Rucker. busted for Blowfish. <laughs> <laughs> Darius. I don't know about the fish, but the Blowfish. Oh. No. Fuck Tennessee. Hootie. Jackass. Uh. I don't know, man. I, do I, we have any young R&B groups out right now? No. None. We do not. Zero. Not, not even one. Not a less, a less than negative. Not a, not a, now, not a, now. It's kind of sad. Now, there is this new, this new group that Jay-Z discovered, uh, I, found, I learned about a few weeks ago. That called, he discovered? Yeah. They called what it, are they? In, uh, Infinity. So they're... Um, Unfound land in the middle of the fucking ocean somewhere? No, they from like... Rainbow. Oh, Long sorry. Island or some shit. I don't that know. One, I guess it is one. Well, anyways, they um, uh, they're siblings and they're uh, uh, okay. alternative. They're soft rock group mm-hmm. and they're really good. Like really good. I like to check it out. Yeah, Infinity Soul. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure they came to him. Pretty sure they. I'm did. pretty sure they came to him. He didn't discover shit. <laughs> <laughs> I like how they say that he discovered them. Yeah, he discovered. Uh, slow down. He, I'm he pretty sure they, t- which they, means he saw they, it on TV. They, then he was like, "I discovered it." They're more than they were more than happy to perform. All for right, you flipping the record. Anybody else? Flipping I mean, the record. That's the goal of an artist, isn't it? To get your yeah. music out to as many people as possible. Yeah. So, hell yeah. To get women. Duh. I'm not saying it's bad. Well, that too, you know, banging chicks. Well, I mean, it's pluses. You guys are dirty. This song right here uh, is called Tears Are Not Enough. Interesting. And it is by a super group of Canadian artists under the name Northern Lights. What's that all about? I'm trying to see who uh, was in this band that's a big deal. Uh, Bob Rock was in it. I know he's famous for producing Metallica and Motley Crue and Bon Jovi. Interesting. Brian Brian Adams was... uh, uh, part of this band He so. should have been mm-hmm. He should have been What do you think Is the biggest Single ever Because We Are The World I know is in the top 10 But uh, Raymo What is your guess On what the greatest Selling single Record Of all time is Um I mean I guess If we're listening To this album I'm gonna mm-hmm. Do the educated thing And say We Are The World well, it's in the top ten, but it isn't the greatest. The, oh, oh, so what's the number one? The number one greatest ever 
Alright, so if it's not this, we're going to come out this. Let's go. Don't look I'm up the to internet. No I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, you could ask Tomcat. I'm just trying to think in my head. I would have to say probably... Oh, You're running Billy Jean Michael Jackson. Okay. That's, that's, De- that's decent guess. Decent guess. What about you, Memphis? Do you have any ideas? Um, I'm going to go with Usher. Yeah. Usher, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's a decent request, or a de- decent song, but not on the list. Tomcat, Tom have you been looking it up on the internet? He has. Look at I him. I actually was looking at something else, and I don't <laughs> yeah, know the question. Uh-huh. Wait. Oh, yeah. I feel like you already looked oh, it up. On, I, yeah. I've seen you over no, there looking just, at your computer. Let's just move on. I yeah, don't know the question. Okay. Well, are you listening to the show? Well, no. I was looking something up, which is better, because then at least I wasn't cheating. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. okay my, I have a fresh guess right now. What was the question? The question is, what <laughs> is the greatest selling single of all time in, okay. the, in the history of music? Okay, wait. Maybe Celine Dion, My Heart Will Go On, or some shit like that? It might be that. She day. she is actually up atop the list. Okay, that's good. We'll start with, uh, let's see what number this is. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. My Heart Will Go On is number 11. Yeah. Oh, so it didn't even crack. Oh, wow. That's I a hell didn't of crack the, the top ten. Didn't crack the top All 10. I Want for Christmas is You by Mariah Carey is number 12. The, what? Holy... So you got to think outside the be- box. You got to think outside the box because these. So, see, that song has been around for year after year yeah, after yeah, year. Yeah, you yeah. see, and that's how some of these rack up these points to get that high. Yeah, yeah, these are for sales. Like, how many sales have you sold of the album? How many? Not streams, but this is hard sales. Like, what is this? Think of a song that will not go away, and that's the top of the list. Also, I'm surprised to see the guy from this band here, Northern Lights, Brian Adams. Is number fourteen on the list with everything I do. I, do. I love that yeah, song. I do, it do it for you. So let's go down the top ten. Number ten is the Ink Spots. If I didn't care, I don't even know that song. Nobody does. Nope. Nope. If, if you played it, I bet you would. It's probably been in a bunch of commercials or something. Then this song is number nine, or not this song, but the song "We Are the World" is number nine. Okay. Uh-huh. All, right. All right. Elvis, it's now or never. Uh, is on the list. Then going down the list, Whitney Houston, I Will Always Love You. That's a big one. That's a big one. That's number five? No. That's number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, wow. Number six is Rock Around the Clock. Okay. By Bill Haley and his Comets. The the Happy Days theme song. We're going to rock around the clock tonight. Yeah. And then uh, I don't know this song Mungo Jerry in the summertime Yes I you do, do. Yeah. Yeah. That's it Okay This next one I don't I don't feel like I know This is going to be number four On the list of greatest selling singles of all time This is Tino Rossi And it's called Petite Papa Noel Oh, I think that's probably like uh, an Italian. It's an Italian holiday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like an opera or some shit. It's a French. It's a French Christmas song. Yeah, Yeah, that's something. But I bet it's just like opera or some. Nineteen forty-six. It came out. Now we're getting into the top three. Top three. Oh boy. Bing Crosby. Silent. Silent night. Yes. This is Prince. So he put a song on here, but he didn't get it. 
Okay. He didn't show up, but he did give him a throwaway song. What's the name of this song? Okay, so this is for the tears in your eyes. It's weird. Yeah, it is weird, but it's very new power generation-ish. It is. Yeah, it is. I'll give you that. New power revolution. Yeah, that one. Prince in the revolution. Prince. (laughs) He was still not the symbol. He was still Prince. Prince. He was emoji. He was using emojis before there were emojis. He was way ahead of it. Number two on the list of greatest selling singles, Sir Elton John. The way you look tonight, sure. and then on the B side, candle in the wind. Okay. That's number two, and then number one, the greatest selling single of all time. No Wait. single has sold more. Billy Jean, Michael is it Jackson. Bitches ain't shit, but hoes and tricks. Snoop Dogg. That's I don't. I don't see that one on oh, the okay. list. Oh no, uh, uh, Ice Ice Baby. Nope, not oh, Ice Ice wow. Baby. Drake. Drake is not even on the list. Oh. Thank goodness. I see artists like Cher, Whitney Houston. Uh, as I look further down the list, ABBA, uh, Elvis Presley. How about the Bee Gees. Britney Spears is on here at "Baby One More Time." It's one of the great singles of all time. Sure. It says. Right, right. And sales. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer is Hell yeah. uh, on, on the list here, the that's top what, 25. Well, you you got to think that song's been around since like 1952. What about the, uh, if Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, how about the the, uh, the Grinch? I don't see that on here. <laughs> I, see, I see Kung Fu Fighting is uh, Hell yeah. on the right. list. It was Kung Fu Fighting. And then the song from the Monkees, I'm a Believer. Hell yeah. Shrek brought that back around. That's a big song. Macarena, unfortunately, terrible. is on this list. You know how many times I've played that at a goddamn wedding? <laughs> terrible. At the YMCA. That, yes. I can imagine that one. That's uh, up in the top 25. But the number one, Bing Crosby. This guy needs to get more respect for his. Bing He's Crosby. just been around He's forever. got two of the top three, this Bing. What and number one is White Christmas. Christmas yes. Oh my god. I'm because you know they made Christmas songs were all like all life. sappy and weird and shit. Well, you gotta think. Very Christmas story is right. So you gotta think. And that's been around, like I said, forever. Nineteen forty two. So it's been playing every Christmas on most classical radio stations for Ever. <laughs> Good lord. You know, like, yeah, yeah, I see it. What song, song is, actually, what song is this? This is this Huey Lewis? No, this does not sound like Huey Lewis. This is Chicago. Oh wow. Good for nothing. Written by Richard Marks. Of course, Peter Cetera, a member of the band Chicago. He ended up going out on his own, Peter Cetera. I like this band Chicago. We should probably do a Chicago. I'm album. with you. Yeah, yeah, why not? Yep. They they have a whole horn section. They're quite the when when Chicago shows up to perform, it is a stage full of performers, and they they kick ass. I really like uh, the band Chicago. They got Saturday in the Park, twenty five six to four. Um, you're the inspiration. Yeah, um, they did a lot of Karate Kid songs. Oh yeah, I'm sure. My parents' wedding song was a Chicago song. Oh yeah. Yeah, Color My World. That's a B-side record. Ah, here we go. Yeah, no, I'm down to do some Chicago. But we got to have some deep dish pizza in here to do it. All right, bet. 
So we, we got a couple weeks, basically, before we can do that. That's okay, because I have a suggestion for next week's show, uh, show anyway. Why would it take us a couple weeks to get Chicago pizza in here? You think Wait, we no. don't? We don't think we don't have the plug on some Chicago pizza? No, no I uh, I'm not confident that you guys will get the right kind because I haven't had it before, and I'm trusting. You, you could be confident that I would deliver you some Chicago-style deep dish pizza, but I'm not a huge fan. I'm from that area, but I really don't like that deep dish pizza. It's good, but you can really only well, have one or two pieces. You, yeah, the, you get a St. Louis style. The, well, the the most popular style is what we call bar style, which is like it's very Louis. thin and crispy. And cut in squares. Yeah, yeah with no crust in the end. No, it's yep. like what it sets size apart is like uh, our cheese is different versus everybody else. So that's why I like sure. the St. Louis style, but it's sure. still good, boy. Yeah, no, no, no. I can I don't go with some it. Emo's pizza right now. I'll fuck up any pizza, dude. The square Bianca Pera. I can have a pizza. Except pizza I got to be honest. Honest, the one time in my life I went to New York and just on some random spot on the strip, I grabbed a slice of pizza. What did you think? He was like, yuck. I was like, um, I've ate, I, I have eaten cardboard and ketchup that tastes better than this <laughs> You hear that New Yorkers? Remo says your pizza is less well, than. That place, <laughs> that place is. But I've had plenty of New York pizza that is amazing. Here in Florida and up in Chicago, like no, style. No, I can't say that style. I have. Because everybody be it's like, right. "Oh, this yeah. New York style." I'm like, I don't know, man, because your New York style look different from the one down the street. There's a so place. Who am I supposed yeah. to believe? There's a place out here called Green Apple or the Fat Apple uh, in North Fort Myers. They got a really good original New York style pizza. Amazing. Well, if I'm ever around in that area and I have a taste for it, check I'll out. definitely check them. So out. this one right here is Tina Turner. Oh. Total, total control. Total control. Some okay. of the best legs ever. Unfortunately, we lost the queen of rock and roll. Yeah. She never used them to rondo. God. Shut up, Rainbow. You <laughs> jack. <laughs> Apparently, somebody else was quicker. No. She was living over in Switzerland when she died. She did. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. It just happened. It's long ago. She was like, fuck that. I'm out. Maybe. Maybe. Well, I. You know, I gave her a bad taste in her mouth. Whoa. Busting her upside the head. I think she was a battered woman quite a bit. You know, women that are in those types of relationships. (laughs) Seems like women that are in abusive relationships, they seem to be in them a lot. For some reason, maybe they're attracted to a a man that will lay a heavy hand on them. Or or they just toxic. Are we generalizing here? No, they could be just toxic women and... They love their life and try to drag another uh, guy down. Does or that girl. For our sponsors. Or girl. So, you know, you wanted to, you know. I say guys <laughs> and girls. I think this song and the Bruce song are the Your my fave. favorite songs. Yeah, no, definitely. This is a good one. Definitely more radio ready than of the others, in my opinion. I got a clip here. This is a clip from the new Netflix show. And this is the clip when all the artists come in the room for the first time here. Let's uh, take a listen. We could feel the energy in the room was really high. But at the same time, under it is a low hum of competition. The egos were still there. Let's not pretend that they weren't there. Celebrities can be very difficult when they're surrounded by managers, agents, and glam squad. 
but they were not in that environment. The biggest stars in music found it disarming. They seemed almost timid. It was like first day of kindergarten. Yeah, what a night to have all those artists. Again, going down the list of names, Ray Charles was there, Stevie Wonder, and they actually teamed those two guys up, so it was the blind leading the blind that night. You also had Cindy Lauper, Huey Lewis, Kenny Loggins. You remember uh, Footloose and Dan- mm-hmm. Danger Zone? Smokey Robinson was in the house. Yeah. Paul Simon. Dion Warwick was there. Bette Mittler was hanging around. Steve Perry from Journey. Willie Nelson. Billy Joel when he had hair. Interesting. Randy Jackson was there as well. Randy Jackson. A lot of the Jacksons. Yeah. Marlon Jackson, oh. Jackie Jackson. Oh, not that Randy. Pretty La- much all Latoya the Jackson. Jackson. And they little sisters. Tito Jackson. I remember that. Al Jarreau was drunk. <laughs> drunk. Of course Al. he was. <laughs> Waylon Jennings ended up leaving midway through the night. Two people left. Sheila E. left because she felt like she was being used and they only wanted her there to get Prince there. And then at one point, Stevie Wonder, I think he was upset because. He didn't get a chance to write the song, and they wanted him to write the song, but hey, you got to answer your phone, my man. He didn't answer his phone, but then that night, he wanted to start adding some lyrics to the song, and everyone is trying to get out of there. You know, they had already went to the American Music Awards. It's getting late. These are all A-listers. They want to be relaxing. They want to be sleeping with people. They want to be doing- All the cocaine they can do. They want to be doing all that shit. They were doing that. Oh, you know they were. That's why they got together. Sounds like Kenny Rogers there. But uh, all of a sudden, Stevie says, I'm going to change some of the words. Let's add some Swahili in there. And so he starts adding some Swahili lyrics using their language. And then they tried teaching Waylon Jennings like how to pronounce the words. And at one point, he says, I'm a country boy. Ain't no country boy can speak Swahili. I'm out of this motherfucker. And Waylon Jennings packed up and left. Just like the outlaw that Waylon is, you know? Well, dang. He ain't going to hang around. Swahili. Swahili. Because this country boy can't learn no Swahili. Swahili. (laughs) I didn't hear any foreign languages. Well, they ended up cutting it. They ended up telling Stevie, let's just stick to the script. You're going to have us here fucking all night and the next day. Yeah. They didn't end up, the last person that left was Diana Ross, and I heard that they didn't leave until about 7 o'clock in the morning. So imagine you had to go to an award show, get all glammed up and do your thing, then you had to go to the A&M recording studios and be there all freaking night, and you're on the West Coast, so that show, show was probably earlier in the afternoon, so that they could get it in the evening time on the East Coast. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. The ones that party, it wasn't their first rodeo, that's for sure. Yeah, they had they had plenty of good drugs, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, hell yeah, you know it. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, Join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.
Quincy Jones those. probably make sure they're like, all right, look, so make sure y'all ain't going nowhere. We got blow in the back. We got weed. You want to do weed? We, whatever you drink, we are. We got everything you need in this building, mm-hmm. so ain't nobody going nowhere. Cigarettes galore. You know, in the 80s, <laughs> cigarette smoking was like chewing bubble gum. Cigarettes Everybody and- did it. That and cocaine, apparently. Yeah, well... Once they, the Columbians came in. They also had to do a photo shoot that night. Time Magazine did a big spread, so there was a time where they had to get all glammed up for photos. Then they also made them sign 100 USA for Africa posters, where each artist had to sign 100 posters. And none of them got paid. I mean, not that they weren't all doing pretty good. And they went to a good cause. Yeah, because the guy sold them all, and then he bought a house. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> sold all what? The yeah. Posters. Oh, he sold all oh, those posters. They signed. Time. I'm sure those posters would be worth a, oh, a big buck time. right now. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. I wonder how, how many did they say? Uh, they raised $80 million. Each of them signed 100 posters, I think. Yeah. Nice. And then at one point, because everybody had the lyrics, like a lyrics page and a music sheet. Mm-hmm. And at one point, they all were passing it around, and everybody was getting their sign. So imagine, you know, if you had your hands on whoever's, you had your hands on uh, Michael Jackson's music sheet that night that's signed by Daryl Hall and John Oates and Al Jarreau and Billy Joel and Willie Nelson. It'd probably be worth a pretty penny, I would think. I ain't going in front. I'm be like, anytime I, I can swipe some shit, I'm like, I'm taking this shit for myself because I know down the line how much this is going to be worth. Hell yeah, I'm going in there and like on a caping spree. I'm one of them posters coming up up out of there with me. Matter of fact, I might take two. All right. They didn't tell a whole lot of people about, about this event that took place after the AMAs because they were afraid it would get mobbed by fans. Mobbed by paparazzi, mobbed by the press. That's true. And so then they were afraid that if, you know, one of these guys pull up to participate and the place looks like a mob scene, they may just say, hey, I'm out. Because nobody signed a contract. Right. It was all just word, uh, you know, my word, I'll be there. I think we've had a party where Ramo said he was going to be there and he didn't. Yeah, uh, a couple of them. So uh, not a couple of them. One, it and was because, one. because my in-laws came over and they wouldn't leave. Well, in-laws, and that's fine because they can stay as long as they want. But what if Huey Lewis's in-laws had come to Hollywood? Do you think he would have missed We Are the World? Yeah, because of his in-laws. I'd be like, Hell no, I'm about I, to go, I don't think Huey. I'm gonna break it down with everybody. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, when I start making Huey Lewis money, then I can tell my wife Huey Lewis shit. Until then, baby, it's look a here. compromise. Look here, baby. I'm going, to, uh, I'm going down to jam with Stevie and Ray and them. I heard little Cindy coming down, so you're going to have to hold off for a minute. See, that's different. Don't be all night. So of all the people on the bill, Ramo, Harry Belafonte, Bob Dylan, Sheila E., Michael Jackson, who, who do you think is number one to you of the whole group? Lionel Richie, um, Billy Joel. As far as an Smokey artist, Robinson, who's your I mean, personally? I mean, you, yeah, yeah. I, w- I would have to say the most celebrated artist in my mind would have to be Michael Jackson because for my generation, he was that guy. All right, and who would be number two? Because I think we would all say Michael Jackson's probably the 
biggest star, yeah. biggest influence. Oh, yeah. But who would be the number two on your list? Because that may be more telling. Um, This guy right here, man. Huey Lewis? I love Huey. I did. Like his, uh, I want a new drug. Oh, yeah, he was good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. had all those big songs yeah. that were on Back to the Huey Future was, as well. Huey was fun. I liked him as an artist. I mean, obviously, they're all great. Lionel Richie loves his music. You know. What about he, you, Memphis? There could have been more added. Who would you been. have wanted to have a conversation with? Outside of Michael Jackson, he'd be number one probably for all of us. Outside of Michael, who, who would you want to vibe with? Probably, uh... She Lee. I totally with oh, Sheila. I didn't think I about her. Totally. Did we get the banger? That's the whole point. Oh, you I'm like, dirty if, bastard. If I'm man. talking to Sheila E, I'm definitely talking about how to, we can get it on. Or Diana Ross. Which, nah, which one? She no, she Lee. Nah, nah, I see. I ain't even trying to mess with her. <laughs> Kim Carnes, I could have maybe been a pass at her. You know, why not? Yeah, Betty Davis eyes. Or bet, you know what? Bet Mittler, because her ass was there. Oh, I wouldn't. I'm I thinking, wouldn't touch. Thinking, I wouldn't even hit that. Oh no, I'm thinking. I'm thinking long term because I'm gonna give it to her right. <laughs> that guy, white yeah. peach. This guy's disgusting. <laughs> I'll just knock it off. <laughs> don't don't hate the player. What about you, Tomcat? Who would you have been most excited to see? Maybe Ray Charles. He wouldn't see you though. Yeah. Uh, okay, no, that's, that's okay. Nobody. He's nice. used to that. But I could pretend to be anybody I wanted to be like, yeah. It's your brother, man. Yeah, yeah, my brother. Me and Mimi Bar five million dollars. That's the end of the record, peeps. That's all there is. Wow. That's all she wrote. All right. That was, well, a, that was a quick show. I hope we raised enough rice. Yeah. For we, Africa. We should have cooked some. We we need to do something to uh, raise some money for somebody. I don't know. We need to raise some money for some lunch. I'm hungry. Raise the roof. Yeah, yeah. I'll uh, I'll order us something. So uh, on the B side of the 45 is a Quincy Jones record called Grace. Maybe I should probably bring that song up. Let me do that real quick. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, there were so many influential Here, bring, bring people. It, bring it over I'm... there to Tomcat so it's official. We want to play the vinyl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right. It's the on, 45. On the whole thing. Bring the 45. Right. On, on this whole album, you know, it's pretty dope. When we hear I don't think anything like that had ever been accomplished or has since ever been accomplished. And the way they simulcasted it across the country right. and played it all at the same time, the right. way they raised $80 million, which in today's money, that'd be like $220, $230 million. What a humanitarian effort. Uh, they got Grammy Awards for it. They did. I mean, You want to hear this song? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead and drop the needle on uh, the 45. This is the B-side. Although... Quincy Jones. What's the name of this song again? Grace. Grace. It kind of started off like uh, Thriller a little bit. You hear that? Well, Quincy Jones. This wor- actually pretty neat, man. Quincy Jones worked with Frank Sinatra. Worked with Michael Jackson. Oh, yeah. Had the Thriller album. With- Quincy's the guy. He's Motown. This is an official vinyl, boys. Peace out. Peace, peace, peace. <laughs> it's, it's where the album got its mojo from, yeah. baby. Now we put we, <laughs> B-Size is coming now. Definitely the B-Size is coming now. We played the 12-inch, which I didn't know there was a We Are The World full-length album, but we mm-hmm. found that out today on the show. Mm-hmm. I also did not know what the B-Side was on the back of the 45 of We Are The World, but we now know. 
It is Quincy Jones. Well, shit, he was, he was doing Prince. the Andre 5 million flute thing before Andre 3000 was doing it. Yeah, he must have inspired Andre 3000. This is the new, oh, I'm totally sure. This is the new blue sun before the new blue sun. Hey, man, Quincy Jones, I mean, this dude is produced for everybody. Who's singing? Al Green? Nobody's singing right now. I don't just, hear anybody singing. This, this is very but, um, is there, melodic. Is there uh, lyrics on it? No, it seems to be an instrumental. That's why I'm saying it's a lot like what Andre 3000 just put out. It's, it's something that you just, it's, this is cleansing your palate. That's it's, what that it's is. It's almost like meditation music. Yeah. It is, 100%. I mean, I know for me, because those brownies are really starting to kick in a little bit. <laughs> starting. <laughs> Them brownies have been kicking in since you got here. Now, did you guys know this about Quincy Jones? Because I did not before we prepped for this show. I know everybody did their research. Uh, the, the Bill Cosby show theme. Did you know that Quincy Jones wrote and produced the Bill Cosby theme show? Uh, I song? know that. Did you know that Bill Cosby dropped a Mickey in Quincy <laughs> Jones' train? Did he rape anybody with him? No. Also, I did not know this. I didn't know this about Quincy Jones. He also composed the song The Street Beater, which which became the theme music for the sitcom on TV, Sanford and Son. That's just so good. Who played the harmonica? Red Fox? I don't know. No, he played George or Fred Sanford. Fred Sanford. Fred, Fred G. Sanford. Did G stands for get the hell out of my face? <laughs> get out of my house. Man, have you ever what was this kid's name? Lamont. Uh, Lamont. Lamont. If you have not and ever Grady. seen uh, Remember Grady, Grady, his best friend? And Aunt Esther. <laughs> uh, I don't know where they used to go at it. Oh, they my God. were if, a class if, act. If, listen, for all Remember when Julio moved there, in? Uh, Julio, the Mexican dude. The Puerto Rican. He Y'all was Puerto Rican. Rican for Puerto sure, Rican. And he had a goat. That's what? crazy. That was your goat. It was. It's your brother, Julio. Hmm. <laughs> it's my great uncle. Listen, follow our listeners out there. If you have not you seen uh, Sanford and Son, I highly suggest you go yeah. find it. That's a classic. That, that's a classic show. Yeah, it was back when being offensive on TV was okay. Here's one I got for you. Do you any of y'all remember Mama's Family? Yep. Yeah. With Vicky Lawrence. I do remember that show vaguely. Man, that show was the shit. Mama's Family. She always reminded me of Carol Burnett. Yeah, nope. were they favorite. I mean, nope. they were. They were. Uh, they look alike. Vicky Lawrence was on the Carol Burnett show. I think she was. And then it was cool when Vicky Lawrence got the show, and Carol Burnett would come on and play her daughter, right? Esther, I believe it was, or something like that. Yeah, no, she was. But it was that show was hilarious, man. Definitely, I would say, pound for pound, she's one of the greatest female comedians, if not the greatest. I wouldn't say the greatest, but. She's definitely a list topper. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. How old, how old do you guys think Quincy Jones is? I'm going to say his ass is like, he probably got to be Not just like, his ass. I'm talking about his old body. <laughs> his ass is a little older than the rest of them, I'm sure. He might have had work done on his ass. So he might... 
He might be like 90 years old with like a 70 year old's ass or something. He like is that. 90 years old. Okay, so I, I didn't did. realize he was that old. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. Born on the south side of Chi Town. Chicago. 1933. Yep. He never, he never got his uh, driver's license because he got in a car accident when he was 14. Said he was fearful to drive. I don't doubt that. You don't have to in Chicago, though. Yeah, you can cop the train everywhere. They got public transportation all over the place. Yeah. At age 14, Quincy Jones walked up to a 16-year-old Ray Charles and introduced himself to him after he watched him play at the Black Elks Club. And Interesting. Yeah, he did. And Quincy says that Ray Charles was an inspiration for him to have a music career. So that's definitely why you see Ray Charles at We Are The World in the recording at A&M Studios. He's always been a good dude, though. Who? Unless you ask his girlfriend. To my Ray, Ray Charles. Charles? Yeah. He had a heroin problem. Yeah, who didn't have something going on back Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, he turned out good, though. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of Dim Vinyl Boys. You just heard the B-side. Quincy Jones and it's called Dream, right? I'm very relaxed. Uh, what's it called, Dream? I don't know. But it, Grace. Very, it's called Grace. 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 Yeah. But I am very. Relaxed. I felt Grace. like I felt like I was in a dream. She died three years ago. <laughs> I'm glad we did this album. I highly yeah. recommend you. If you haven't seen it, go watch the Netflix special. I'm going to. Greatest night in pop history. The greatest night in pop. Just they to call see it. how many times you can spot people wiping their nose. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I bet. Well, oh, I got a cold. It was summer. They got allergies going on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. A lot of hay fever. What I took from it was it seemed like kudos to Quincy Jones for orchestrating the whole thing and keeping everybody in check. Yeah, true, because all those egos in one room, man. Yeah, that's, they had to that's... chickety check themselves before they wrecked themselves. I also noticed that Bob Dylan seemed very uncomfortable during the entire thing. I think the 1980s, his fame had kind of fizzled a little bit. Maybe he was intimidated. Oh, he always looked like that, though. He did loosen up, though. At one point, um, Stevie Wonder got on the, the keys, and he was playing, and he was pretending to sound like Bob Dylan and teaching Bob how he should sing the song. <laughs> He's a- and, and Bob was smiling and laughing. That was the only time during the entire documentary where I saw Bob Dylan look like he was enjoying himself. That's There's funny. a choice we're making. It's funny, Stevie Wonder over telling Bob Dylan, listen, this is how you should sound singing your own songs, but I'm going to do it for you. I guess Stevie was the like if you had to crown an MVP that night, everybody says Stevie was the most confident because people were nervous. You know, Kenny Loggins talks about how you know his hands were sweaty, he was sweating with nervous. Like you're around the the cream of the crop, you you're gonna be performing in front of them. Had had to be you know. Well, you know why that was right. Why, why? was that? Because in the recording studio is where the coke plate was. You think so, so the people they didn't want to know about the cocaine, they didn't get to go in there with Stevie Wonder. It was only the people that could do the boat. I, I feel like Cindy Lauper definitely was doing some rails. She's always oh, fired up, and I'm a big fan of hers. Did I thought know? she smashed her performance. Mm, she wants to have fun. You see how bright yellow her hair was? Yeah, she had like a yellow and red thing going on. I was in like, her what the fuck? How did you do that? And at one point she was singing and the engineer kept saying, we're hearing some kind of noise in your microphone. She's like, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. 
no fucking problem with my mic. And then they realized she had so many necklaces and beads bracelets and, and beads on that were clanking and clacking and like, making take noises. Take that shit off. Yeah, take it off. <laughs> well, that's that's going to do it for this episode of Dem Vinyl. They came out of nowhere. Yeah, man. I don't know. Please like and subscribe do to I our please, podcast. Please, we appreciate our please. listeners. And, Tell everybody. Uh, Memphis, you said you had something for next week. I mean, yeah. I, I'd like to hear what you have. All right. So you got a choice. We can do MF Doom. We can do the Kill Bill Volume 1 soundtrack. Or Kendrick Lamar, Good Kid, Mad City. I would say Kendrick Lamar would be good. Kendrick Lamar. What do you guys think? Are we you, haven't are done you, a new song in, or a new album in a while, so sure, I'm down. Kendrick Lamar. Yeah. Are you with us, Tomcat? I'm with you guys. You sure? Kendrick Lamar. <laughs> He's probably one of the only lyricists left, so sure. Yeah, him and J. Cole. But right. yeah, so Kendrick, Good Kid, Mad City, it is next week. All right, well, that's going to do it. Still getting pizza? We're out of here. We're going to go eat something, probably a Factor meal. Yes. Make sure you go to factormeals.com slash vinyl and save money on meals delivered right to your house. Again, uh, that's going to do it for this episode. In the meantime, keep the needle in the groove and keep it groovy. We going and out of here. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.